Welcome to Hope Ahead, a journey of infertility. My name is Naomi Ripstein. And this is Ryan Ripstein. And this is our story and struggle of trying to conceive. We hope and pray that by sharing our experiences and trials, we will bring glory to God, awareness to infertility, and also be encouraging to others. And just a reminder, this is our story and it personal experiences. We are not offering medical advice. Well, we hope you enjoy the discussion and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to Hope Ahead, a journey of infertility. My name is Naomi Ripstein. And I'm Ryan Ripstein. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. And we're just here to share our story um, of trying to conceive and um, mostly based off of an initial miscarriage. And now we're, we're at four years. So it happened in 2019 and mm-hmm. almost four years to the date yeah. um, of making this podcast. Yeah. So this episode will kind of give a, a high level overview of, you know, starting with uh, when we met, kind of our quick history of us mm-hmm. and meeting and getting married and these things, and then ending with kind of where we are today. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get into future podcasts about kind of each of these portions along the way and kind of give some more detail. Because like the intro said, and like we're going to talk about, our heart is to, uh, for this podcast, to glorify God mm-hmm. and to help others. And, you know, kind of a a way for us to work through it ourselves. Yeah. And to give a female and male perspective. Yeah. Um, A lot of the times, you know, it's something from the female perspective because we have more that we deal with. But we really wanted to do this as a couple um, just to get it out there, like you said, to encourage others and to support others and just bring awareness to um, the problem of infertility. Yeah. So um, I'll start off with. We met in 2016. Um, Introduced by some mutual friends. Yeah. And we'll get into that whole story uh, probably in the next one. But um, but kind of in a funny way and started officially dating in August of 16. So we kind of got started talking in June of 16, official in August 16. And then married uh, in married October, October of 17. 17. Yeah. So a little right at 17 months, was yeah. it something or other? Yeah. And um, we had both kind of discussed this prior, but I mean, I had always kind of had the hope initially to um, have a first couple of years um, to ourselves as newly mm-hmm. married couples, especially since we got a little, we got married a little later in life, um, just to really get to know one yeah. another and have those fun experiences yeah. before we bring in kiddos. Um, yeah. And I had always heard that that was wise, yeah, you know, from pastors and you know, other people in the church to the, you know, that it's important to spend time together without all the extra distractions of life, including having kids, you yeah. know, in the early stages. If you're so, able to, if right? you're able I mean, to, if you're blessed in that that's way, right. there's nothing wrong with that. But. Um, so, I mean, I had always wanted kids uh, growing up. I wanted to be married, wanted to have kids. And I think God had put that on my heart to want that, to want that and to, to desire that. Yeah. And for myself, I mean, I've always loved children. I mean, um, neighborhood babysitter, church babysitter, everything like that. There were some things that kind of happened in my family dynamic for a while that kind of had me question whether I Mm -hmm. wanted children. Um, But then the Lord really placed on my heart that I did. And, of course, um, this was maybe a little bit prior to us getting married. But then, of course, once 
we were married. I mean, and I'm in love with this guy. I was like, who wouldn't want a family? With what him, are you you do? know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, like we said, we were planning on doing the two years, but of course, you know, when you're in the moment or whatever, we're like, you know what? Let's start this now. So, yeah. and uh, we had discussed it maybe a couple months prior, but we had decided May of 2019 um, that I was going to get off of birth control. So I had one um, regular cycle. So like when you know when you get off of um, birth control, you have a cycle off of that. And then I had one regular cycle afterwards. And then we were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so found out late June, early July. Um, and super excited. But we were also a little overwhelmed and not expecting it to be so fast. And we were also in a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment. Yeah. With two labs, large yep, dogs. Large dogs. <laughs> it's a small space. Yeah. For a lot yeah. of a lot of things going on. But we yeah. were very excited and we're already talking and planning things out and then just as quickly as we were mm-hmm. we found out we were excited, it was over. Yeah. Um had the miscarriage. What was it, like six weeks? A little over. It was that forty six days. Yeah. Um the baby would have been born March twelfth of twenty twenty. So something that it's always going to be ingrained in yeah. my brain. Um, and it was a hard day, hard few days, actually, you know, with everything going on and yeah. um, just all the emotions and everything. And for like, we'll kind of talk about it, it's just the shame that comes with yeah. having a miscarriage. Yeah. You know, something you don't want to talk about. And you. Yeah. Well, I think it comes from, I think, like we've talked about before, the when you have the miscarriage, the immediate question that I think everybody asks themselves is why? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? And then that quickly turns into what did I do mm-hmm. to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And I think internalizing it and personalizing it is a, a tactic that the devil uses to, to bring in the shame and guilt mm-hmm. and destroy relationships, you yeah. know, relationships with between each other, and with, each other, with God. Know with friends, with family that you don't want to, I mean, it's just everything, it just gets in there and it can destroy, it can destroy a lot. So, so, um, you know, after processing during this time, um, you know, so the miscarriage was about mid July of, um, 19. And then my schedule was just kind of off, you know, just mentally healing, emotionally healing, but also physically healing and getting regulated again. So come out to about a year after that. So now we're in like summer of 2020 and going into the fall. I start doing more um, serious uh, monitoring with ovulation strips. I had done maybe a few things with some um, cheaper versions and kind of half-heartedly, you know, before that in that year after the miscarriage. But now doing more serious tracking because I'm like, well, now it's been a year. So let's let's do this. And um, we... We ended up going in, well, I went into my OB and I talked to her about um, us wanting to conceive. And she's like, do you want to wait or do you want to just do right now? And I was like, now. So she's like, hey, we got to do some tests then. So she ordered some blood tests for me to just check some hormones um, and then an HSG and ordered a semen analysis for Ryan. Um, And then this is one of the things, everything came back great. And this was the start of the the dreaded phrase or comment of 
Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything checks out. It'll be easy to get pregnant. Yeah, there's no, no reason. Yeah. There's no reason you shouldn't be able Don't to. Don't see any reason. Yeah. Well, this will be easy. We'll get you pregnant. Yeah. Blah blah blah. All these yeah. Things. And although we appreciate the enthusiasm, um, now that we're four years sets, in, we're kind of like wah wah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sets your expectations yeah. too, right? Yeah. It makes the when it doesn't happen, it makes it that much worse, mm-hmm. right? And just kind of adds to the fire of, mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 all these things. What else can I do? Yeah. What, Am I doing yeah. something? Am I not do doing I, something? Yeah. Do I need to take supplements? Yep. Do I not need to take supplements? Do yep. I need to drink some gross tea, which we'll talk about <laughs> in a little while? You know, yep. all these. And it's just this tumble this down, you know, this snowball yeah. of... Yeah. Just adding stuff and adding stuff and trying to fix it, tying back to the internal guilt, mm-hmm. thinking, reasoning, being told by the devil that this is your fault and you have to fix it yeah. instead of trusting in God on his time. Yeah. And that's really what we want to do with this podcast, too, is yeah. just bring awareness that bad things happen to good people. You know, and I mean, I did several um, devotions throughout this process and um, a lot of heart to hearts with the Lord and just kind of talking through that of processing that grief and like he said the why you mm-hmm. know and knowing that we may never truly understand it um, but anyway so we did the things with my OB and after everything came back fine um, this was going into 2021 at the time but of course as you all know mid 2020 COVID hit bad and everything shut down. And unfortunately, um, even into 2021, my OB got COVID and she was hospitalized. So things were kind of delayed with touching back um, in checking back in with her. So we were delayed until March of 2021 to what we could see her. And thankfully she's okay. But um, she was like, well, let's do Clomid. And so um, if you guys are kind of familiar, you know, there's the two medications, letrozole and Clomid, that are um, more often prescribed to help ovulation. Um, and so she chose Clomid for me based on um, my current status and everything like that. So we were doing Clomid for the three months, and I got my little paperwork on what days I needed to take the pills and what days we needed to have sex and what days to track everything and da, 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 you know. And so it's like, yeah, okay, let's very do this. Robotic, right? which yes. is not my favorite thing <laughs> either. You know, one of those things to where it's like, okay, we have a plan. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And so we stuck to the plan. And I'd say by the third month, I was pretty excited that maybe something had happened. And when you know it, it just happens to be that my cycle was just late. And that's one of the things where you're like, oh, crap. Once again, you know, where you think you're like, oh, something's different because I'm I'm normally very regular. It's like it's just a little late. Kept getting negative pregnancy tests. And then finally it just showed up. And so... That was now into July, early July yeah. of 21. And it turns out, I've learned, that a lot of the signals that you're pregnant are the same signals that that uh, you you get about to get your, your period. Yeah. <laughs> what a mind tease yeah. all the time. Yes. So you um, <laughs> get excited because such and such, and it's like, well, no, you got to be very And all of a sudden you Google the symptoms, and you're like, oh, well, shoot, that could thing. be that I'm, I'm so, just... My period's coming. Well, you know. Another layer of confusion for <laughs> But everybody. over the education yeah. that we have learned. 
Um, so after the three failed cycles of Clomid, my OB was like, well, there's really nothing else we can do at this point. I want to refer you to an RE, which is a reproductive endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we set up that appointment and went in there um, and just with our consultation, the doctor was great. Like he's very, mm-hmm. was very intelligent, very knowledgeable um, in his field and everything. Um, but so they pretty much told us about the 20% of unexplained infertility. Yeah. So one in five couples, that's where we were falling. Yeah. So they and, did their analysis of our, of all of our stuff again. I think that's kind of the standard is everybody does work, their, yeah. their checks of all the stuff testing, for themselves, yeah. you know, trust, but verify mm-hmm. as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. So they checked us out and, you know, the doctor said there's no real apparent reason that we can't get pregnant. All the numbers looked um, and, good again. And it was surprising to me, the stat, you know, Naomi said it a second ago, but the stat of one in uh, five, mm-hmm. I mean, 20%, one in, out of every five couples has trouble getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, well, one out of every five that has trouble getting pregnant is unexplained. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right way to say So, you know, that's a big number to yeah. me. And they just don't know why. And we, we've talked to some other people, and we'll talk about this in more detail later, but, you know, that gap of going from the OB to the IVF RE is, was kind of the information we were looking for, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of the information that will tell us why, or at least help us understand, give us some more information yeah. as why. And we, IVF doesn't really look for it because they... We have since learned yeah. that just walking into an RE's office essentially means you're just there for IVF. And we yeah. didn't know that. We the assumption we, is that yeah, that's what you're there for. Yeah, that's just kind of what they yeah. assume, that yeah. you're part of, you're um, not part of the 80% that's got it. Like you're, or, the, or you are the 80% that wants to be in there for IVF. Yeah. And so... Um, or even if you go in there, you don't care why. You just want to get pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, that's more fair. Yeah. And I think that's what led to our maybe un, that we were unimpressed with with the situation, with the process, uh, maybe unfulfilled, whatever you yeah. want to call it, just because it, it was felt, very robotic. We felt very, like a number. Yeah. It's just a do this, do this, do this, no explanation. Yeah. And not to say that that's bad. And not they, to say every clinic's going to be right. like that either. But you for know, us, we wanted just our personal experience. We wanted more information as to why, and they couldn't tell us, and it kind of seemed like they didn't want. They weren't interested in figuring it out. Yeah. So I mean, so that's kind of how we diverted, and Naomi wanted to take some more breaks and these kind of things. So. Yeah. So we they told us the twenty percent, but then because of our age and how long we've been trying, then the doctor put us in ten percent. And then when we even had a meeting with him later after like a test and everything, he was like, well, now you're really at 5%. But with IVF, we could get you up to 60%. Yeah. You know, so really selling IVF, really pushing IVF. And so they wanted to go straight into retrieving and everything. And I was like, wait a minute, let's do a lot more tests. So he, yeah. he did order a test, a hysteroscopy. We had that, um, had that follow-up discussion. Everything looked good. My lining was great. Um, and they still wanted to move forward. And it was, that was like, he was just saying, that was more of the personal thing on me because it's a lot on a woman. I did not yeah. realize how in depth IVF was until now we're here. Yeah. And so it was kind of like 
got to take a break, reevaluate. You still say nothing is wrong. You're not looking to find anything that's wrong. Yeah. You just went. So um, this is now like in October of 2021. And so we kind of um, really started looking into more supplements then. Not that we hadn't been taking certain vitamins that we needed to, but really started evaluating and listening to like, I was listening to podcasts, reading articles, different things on stuff that was going to help egg quality, sperm health, you know, all the things to just um, possibly get us pregnant. So that mm -hmm. kind of started in that point. And, and we did a lot of supplements. We did. We did. We tried we, a lot. Since that time, we've done a lot, just yeah. trying different things and, yeah. and open to different people's opinions on things yeah. that have worked for them. So and some are good. Not yeah. to say, I mean, like Naomi said, we're working towards being healthier and mm -hmm. we tried, you know, we've tried supplements, we've tried, not tried. We have incorporated eating healthier mm -hmm. and using healthier cookware and uh, using healthier we'll kind of get into shampoos and yeah. different things like that, right? Yeah. So, so, so that's been dispersed throughout yeah. the whole process. And so this is still like the end of 2021. So started doing um, some other strips through the company Prove, um, doing the PDG strips, which is the metabolite of progesterone in your urine. Um, I started looking to see like, cause it shows like whether you have a successful ovulation or not. And so, oh boy, those things just stress me out. <laughs> you mm -hmm. just have to hold your urine for so long. And then it's like, if it's not accurate, then you have to try again. And so anyway, great things out there, but it just wasn't working for me. And so then I, um, you know, we'd even like, even whenever we were discussing the whole IVF and IUI thing with Ari, we thankfully got in with a small group at church and they had a couple that was in our small group that were kind of going through the same thing. So we kind of were able to bond and mm -hmm. touch base on different things of what we were dealing with and what to try and not try. And, um, yeah. so then, um, I even had another friend from work that had started going through some of the things. So the Lord was still good in providing a way to talk about it. Yeah. Um, because like we were saying before, there's a lot of shame with us women. I mean, the guys might feel it some, but um, they more or less are just kind of there for us, you know, and trying to yeah. help us through it. So it was good to have some relationships in that sense. Um, so then now we're getting into 2022. We are now um, about two and a half years mm -hmm. of not getting pregnant. So looking into more devices, different things that work. I uh, found this one device called the keg, which um, you insert and it uh, evaluates cervical mucus to tell you whether you're um, getting close to ovulating and it gives you like a bigger fertile window. And it also comes back with a money back guarantee if you're not pregnant within 12 months. Mm. So I'm like, sure, let's do this. I mean, Worth a shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so um, we, you know, kind of through all this whole thing, like just still with you know, life goes on, even though we feel like we're stuck kind of in a bubble, life is going on. People yeah. are getting pregnant. Uh, family members have had a child yeah. after, you know, there's been a big gap and no one ever having a kid. And someone has it. And then we have friends that are having yeah. kids back to back or friends that are having now their second kid this yeah. whole time that we're going through this. And it's always one of those things to where we're so happy for them. I mean, the Lord has truly blessed and we never know what these people have gone through to get there and what they're dealing with, but it just makes sad for us you yeah. know that we're still we're happy for it. them but it's yeah. a reminder of the sad situation yeah and i mean i'm sure anybody who's going through it or has gone through it knows yes. 
it's just, you know, how do you, how do those two emotions exist at the same time? And they do, which is the weird part, but mm-hmm. they really do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you do with that? And I, I would say that's probably been maybe the hardest thing for me throughout, other than the news that it happened, but throughout the process of trying to get pregnant again and not being able to is, you know, experiencing Naomi taking that repeated emotional hit when mm-hmm. somebody else, when the news comes in. And, you know, there's nothing I can do about it yeah. other than to try to console her and let I, let her know that I still love her and, you know, I don't blame her and it's not her fault and these kind of things that I'm sure she's thinking mm-hmm. to some extent, right? Or that I think she's thinking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to do what I can to try to help her through it, but I can't fix it. You know, I don't have any control over it. So, yeah. So, you know, like we said, we're in the 2022 and we're having all these feelings and emotions and we're trying all these things where we, you know, I'm very much a proactive person that it's like, okay, things get knocked down. And then I'm like, well, wait, let's problem solve and let's try to figure something else out. So, you know, certain things weren't working. So I started considering IVF again. You know, we'd stop, we're taking a break since the October discussion of 21. And now we're into early 2022. And I'm like, well, maybe we should give it another shot, you know, and um, finding out some more information and kind of mentally preparing myself, you know, just because I really wanted a child, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to give him a child. And um, so we were getting prepared for that. But then another boom hit. Um, In April of 2022, I had an abnormal pap, um, which then led to me having to have a procedure that would then restrict us from being able to conceive for another six months Mm -hmm. um, for safety reasons and um, other things going on and yeah safety of you and safety of a potential baby baby at that time Um, yeah so that was really hard that was very emotional um and draining and everything but once again i mean god proves that he is there for us that he loves us and he blessed us with two awesome trips we were able to go to hawaii in August of 2022, which was a dream of mine. Yeah. So, so wonderful. And then we got to go to Paris in November of 2022 for my birthday. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing, you know, you got to focus on the good that's going on in your life during these dark times. And, yeah. and God is, yeah. God is still present. He is that's still right. showing up. Yeah. He's and not I, forsaken us. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we want to suggest that God gave us these trips as a reward for not getting pregnant or anything. But I do think, you know, the way I think about it is that we were able to do those things because we weren't pregnant, Mm -hmm. because we didn't have a baby at the beginning of 2022. We were able to go on trips in 2022, Mm -hmm. which we wouldn't have been able to do. So, but just, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. To where like, um, to t- kind of take you still, out of your head, yeah, right? Still give you joy. Things, yeah. There's still things. That's right. There's still joyful things in life, and not get bogged down with all the negativity and the lack of progress, the lack of not being pregnant. Is more yes. what I mean. Yes. But um, so you know, I had this procedure, 
Um, and then during that time, like kind of like what he was alluding to earlier, we started trying more things. Um, mm-hmm. Since we couldn't really be trying to conceive, we're like, well, let's get ourselves in good shape again, yeah. right? So we started, we tried acupuncture and mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, um, and different herbs and stuff like that that was recommended by the acupuncturist. And we did that for about a period of four months, and, and that was great. You know, we each had our different experiences with that. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it was just, um, more of a cost reason, I guess, and stuff like that with everything that was going on. But then, um, different supplements again, mm-hmm. um, like we started doing diet changes. We did some, a gut protocol, um, to eliminate things. <laughs> we, <laughs> I, I remember we did the juices. Oh man. <laughs> the juices we always in, laugh about that. Yes, that was in June. I think. Yeah. Great, the great juice cleanse. Seven day juice Man. cleanse. We made it to three months. That's tough. It's tough. <laughs> if you haven't done it. If you made it. If you made it. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> but it, it is tough. We did not make it. We had so much juice left yeah. over. But, uh, yes, the juice cleanse. Uh, so then now into the fall of 2022, we did the diet, the gut protocol. We changed out our cookware. Um, we were, trying just different things to, like he was saying, like the shampoos. Yeah. Um, like, the acupuncture yet? Yeah, he said okay. the acupuncture, okay. yep. Um, like the facial cleansers, I, the cleaning products. Like I've been swapping out the cleaning products. And note to self, I mean, all these are great things to do. Don't ever feel overwhelmed that you need to do them all just because mm-hmm. you're not getting pregnant. Because I definitely did. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way that I can do all of the things that everybody right. is telling me that I need to do. Right. And feel good about it well, and, and not be stressing myself out anymore. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing we're saying. It's like, we've tried all these things mm-hmm. and we're not pregnant. Yeah. So but these are not, not saying they're bad. They're not bad. Yeah. But I think. Just not stress yourself out about it. Don't get it in, we, including us, mm-hmm. to not get it in our heads that doing something it's always is going to, to get us pregnant. Yeah. Because, you know, if it doesn't, that's just. Another emotional letdown. I'm only just hopeful. like being reminded yeah. by somebody else getting pregnant. It's really the same thing. Yeah. Of, Especially when they didn't do anything. They're like, oh, yeah, doing plastic. Oh, I didn't take my prenatals. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm yeah. so happy for you. Yeah. Which I really am. But I'm also like, well, crap, body. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> you know. But um, so anyway, we we are now into 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let's go back. So uh, December of 2022, um, officially got cleared that we could start trying again. Yes. Um, and that was great news. Everything was and we did. Good. We practice often. <laughs> it's one of your one of your things. Yeah. That we. Uh, that's that, what I tell people deter. when they ask us. Yes. Uh, if and it we're gets uncomfortable pregnant. or anything. Yeah. That's my that's my defensive mechanism of what making it making an awkward that? joke. What do you say though? Said, yeah, we practice all the, all the time. time. That's what he said. And he waits for them to be like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Makes him uncomfortable. And then they don't ask us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so um, December 2022, um, we were told everything was good. And my, my OB was like, we can do Clomid again um, if you guys want to. And I asked about if they would be willing to do a trigger shot as well. Um, and they said, no, that they don't do that. And they don't do like cycle monitoring or anything. So I'm like, okay. So then I looked into, cause over this past, maybe, uh, six months to a year prior, leading up to, I had learned about, um, NAPRO technology 
And I don't know why it's not out there more mm -hmm. um, or if it's just because if people are able to get pregnant, they don't need to look for those types of things. I'm not quite sure. But um, essentially, it's like the stepping stone between an OB and an RE, like to where they really do more of an in-depth look. Yes. of what is going on and they're willing to do it. Yes. Um, not so yeah. much. I'm not going to say all NAPROs are the same, but I mean, there's not as much um, like, you know, dead ends of you bumping into something of when you're asking for them to look into yeah. stuff, they're at least willing to check more things out. Yeah. So, yeah. With the IVF, like we talked about, the impression was that, their goal is to get you pregnant, mm -hmm. assuming that you're going in there to do whatever it takes to get mm -hmm. pregnant ASAP. Mm -hmm. With the NAPRO technology, the NAPRO doctor, we've had one meeting with him, and he phrased it as there, he's trying to help us get pregnant naturally. Yeah. Right? So they look at – so IVF, the RE, the RE doctor – is doing tests and analysis to check out that IVF will work, that we're inside the right bounds, mm -hmm. whatever. The NAPRO doctor, they're looking at more information because they need more information to help answer the question mm -hmm. of what's going on, right. what do we need to tweak to get everything to line up better. So that's kind of the way I think about it in my brain of yeah. the differences. And it's really that middle ground that we've been looking for mm -hmm. all the way back to when we went to the RE yeah. and we were like, wait, what, what's going on? You do more of an explanation. The, so, the point is we didn't need an RE, we yeah. needed a NAPRO doctor. So, so we, um, I called and made an appointment and there's not a lot of, lot of NAPRO doctors in the U S unfortunately, but thankfully we do have one in Houston. I think there's only like five in Texas total. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where we're from. We're in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Um, so anyway, so there was one in downtown Houston and I was all excited to make this appointment and it was six months out. So <laughs> I was making it in December and it wasn't going to be until June. So I'm like, well, okay. So we have this time to wait. And of course, you're always hopeful during this time that you're going to get pregnant naturally and you don't have to do this extra stuff and everything. So I do always have that a little bit in the back of my mind and my hopes there mm -hmm. um, until my cycle comes and then I have to reevaluate. But um, so anyway, you know, we were just kind of like let all the different things that we can do. And um, I did have a little bit of an emotional breakdown in February of 2023, my first public one. Um, it was just a lot on me. And, you know, throughout this whole time of trying to conceive, I've had my highs and lows, but I mean, most of the time I'd say I've been pretty regulated, you know, because I have my, my hope and trust in the Lord and thank goodness for that. Because if I didn't have that, I mean, I'm sure I'd be a lot more of a mess, but, um, I also like to be a more positive person and I don't, want to wallow in it. It's like, you know, sit in your feels for like the 24 hours that they recommend and then you move on, right? Because life goes on mm -hmm. and you learn from those things too, right? It's not to totally like avoid them or anything. And, and maybe that's part of why certain things just kept coming back up because I maybe hadn't fully processed them, you know, had this breakdown. It was awful. We were singing in church and I just started sobbing and had to leave. <laughs> and so that's one of the things to where it's like, you know, infertility is constant pain and trauma. You know, it's not if you're going through it, it's just constant. I mean, mm. until you're finally able to hold that baby in your arms, you're infertile. 
you know? And so it's like, it's, it's a constant reminder. And like we were saying, like with people getting pregnant or announcement of things, it's, it's always that, that reminder. But once again, you know, I mean, we try to keep that in a higher viewpoint because Satan just wants to use those things to kind of kick you and get you down. Right. Right. And so we're super happy always for those people. Yeah. I mean, those emotions are good to have um, as long as we don't let them steer us away from God Mm -hmm. and we don't let them steer us into making sinful choices and interactions and relationships and these kind of things. And, and it's a fine line, right? It's, and it's hard, especially when you're in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? But I think, you know, one of the things, you know, hope is that as you're going through it, you know, if you have your hope in the right place, place, if you have your hope in God, Mm -hmm. then the, temporary failures along the way are easier to to maybe handle yes uh not on our own right right? but god to help us handle right and i mean because that's the thing it's like we're we're christians we're followers of christ but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have heartache that we're not going to have um trials and everything so that's something that can be a lot of misconstrued. But I mean, the one thing we do know is that, you know, Jesus is there for us. He had troubles when he was here on earth as, you know, a man um, Mm -hmm. and just living that example. So, I mean, we do know that we have that ultimate hope that um, he wins in the end. And so, you know, and he sees the bigger picture. And so, um, during this waiting period now, so we're in the 2023, um, we're trying different things. There was a company. So now it had been a year that I've been using the keg device and no successful pregnancy, not to say it's not a great device, but you know, just something else that hadn't worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we learned about this company in Greece called Fertilisys that they do a, a little bit more of an in-depth look, um, of like, your my menstrual blood and vaginal swab and then another semen analysis for him and um, some stuff that's a little bit different than what they do in the state. So we sent it off and we found out some information, nothing that was really terrible, but some some good information and some things that they did find that that could be treated. Yes. Um, And so that was encouraging, but also a little frustrating because I but I mean, praise the Lord, because I had. Once again, we're going to do one round of Clomid and um, did that in February. And then for March, I just didn't feel comfortable about it. I really felt like God was telling me no. And I'm so glad because, I'm, you know, in April, we found out that we had these issues and that would have possibly wasted everything. Yeah, either. wasted all the yeah. medication and the trying. So um, the one thing, though, too, so we were able to get treated um locally thankfully so we we could have been treated by the doctor in greece but our my local ob and our local primary doctor were able to treat us for what we needed um Mm -hmm. but it is so hard for men to get the attention and the treatment that they need i mean there's a lot out there for us women but it's really hard for guys to get it because even for like his semen analysis like it wasn't covered by insurance and we had to like 
get a referral and all this different yeah. things. I mean, it was just, it's just kind of silly. Cause I mean, for me as my OB, I didn't have to have anything, but for guys, there's just not a lot yeah. out there other than just the regular semen analysis yeah. and stuff that they don't really look at. Yeah. You know? And again, that kind of ties back to the RE versus the NAPRO mm-hmm. technology and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all there is, is the semen, right. uh, but what they check for with IVF is less than what they check for with NAPRO and At least what in they our check. Case. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. just to go to say that not infer- standardized at all. Yeah. Infertility is so underfunded in the sense that there's not enough out there that people are really willing to dig deeper unless you really push for it, which yeah. is kind of sad, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, we did end up, you know, trying the thing with Fertilis is finding out, well, then now that we were still waiting until June uh, for this NAPRO appointment, um, I came across from a social media um, advertisement for this tea called Get Project Life, um, another Chinese medicine herbal tea, but it's like they have certain formulations um, that are specified to what your needs are, and you're supposed to do it for about up to three months. They said you can do up to six months, but they talk about how great their stats are. But of course they do put a disclaimer in there that it's normally for people that are 37 and younger. And I'm 38. Um, they say that it doesn't, you know, they're not deterring away from people that are older than 37 and into their forties, but just that the chances of conceiving are normally lower. Um, but that was where he had made the previous reference to the tea tastes like dirt. But you know what? If it gets me a baby, I will drink it. She's been doing it. (laughs) She's been Uh, doing it. But, you know, we really just once again want to wrap up, too. So we had our appointment with the NACRO doctor. um, Which we'll talk about. Yeah. We had it a couple weeks ago. And we have. So, yeah. So because it's coming up, do hit the subscribe and notify buttons and, you know, make sure you're. For all our notified when when they when the next podcast, ones come out yeah yeah because yeah, we'll Cause, be continuing to bring up um, all the topics we kind of mentioned but in more depth but then yeah. also follow along with us for more things as we learn yeah. into the future so, yes. so for um, sure um, but yeah I, I think you know just in talking about this like Naomi said we're putting ourselves out there mm-hmm. um, we're talking about this stuff our goal again is to glorify God through this and to encourage people that are going through it or have gone through it. Um, and then as a way to heal for ourselves mm-hmm. as we're going through it. Um, but, but also, you know, since we're putting ourselves out there, you know, we do encourage comments. If you have any feedback or input on anything person. that we've talked about, we would appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, do keep it constructive and Not try to be kind yeah. if at all possible. Uh, you know, we don't want to have to block anybody, but we will because we just don't have time for that, honestly. Yeah. We we want to get it out there and help as many people as possible yeah. and not yeah. um, be discouraged from Yeah. It. And this is not medical advice. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not uh, in the in these fields that we're talking about. We've done our own. She's done our own research. And and looking into things, and these are things we tried, and um, maybe some of y'all have tried them too, or different things. Uh, just our experiences. But just our experiences, yeah. and uh, you know, it's not intended to be. Do talk to your own doctors about yeah. any of this 
material, of course. But, just because some but, of this stuff hasn't worked for us doesn't I mean it won't work for you. That's but right. You do need to discuss it with your doctor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, kind yeah. of in close out, we so, um, we do want to end um, our podcast and even start them sometimes now with like a prayer and everything. So, we had chosen some scripture um, throughout for all of our episodes mm-hmm. to kind of tie back in just to be encouraging again and just to relate it back to um, giving glory to God and knowing that we are not alone. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, now that we're sharing, we're, you're not alone. That's we're right. sharing, you know, and yeah. um, we want to make sure that that is getting out there for the right purposes. So the scripture we have for this episode is, where we talked about, you know, just because we're Christians and believers doesn't mean we're not going to suffer. Is, yeah. um, John 16, 33. Um, it's Jesus speaking. He's like, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And so it's just so encouraging to know, like I said, that God's got you. He wins in the end. And, you know, we have hope for a better future. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to close out with some prayer. And I hope then, you'll join us for prayer. Yeah. I'll just pray for everybody. Yeah, thank you for today, and thank you for the opportunity to share our story and to share your story mm-hmm. um, with everybody listening. We just pray for those listening that are going through these kinds of issues uh, for peace and calm as they work through this, that you'd uh, hold on to them and care for them while they're going through this. And we just ask for a blessing for us as we uh, put this out there, mm-hmm. um, that, again, we would glorify you and help others as we struggle through these things as well. And all these things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for watching and sharing your time with us. Bye. Have a great day.